podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting it? Were you just trying to trick one of us into saying it so you could start it with us saying it? Welcome to the Movie, Movie, Podcast, everybody. Episode number 100 and I think seven. Numbers are of no meaning anymore, uh, to be fair. Time has no meaning. Numbers have no meaning. But movies have meaning. And here to talk about movies with me, Tiggs, is Peter. I, I don't think I've ever disagreed with a statement more than that. Russ. I'm still here. And Alex. Where am I? I don't know, Alex. Where are you? That's a good question. Oh, man. Peter. My basement. You disagreed with my statement. Give, tell me why you disagree. Uh, I don't think movies matter. You don't think movies matter at all? I think I, I think uh, me we... and my friend Marty. Me and my friend Marty think cinema matters. Um, oh god! Oh, god. Oh, and I, I think a lot of the, you know the popcorn flicks, the Avengers stuff that uh, kids are into today, they don't matter. Um, but then you know that's just me and Marty's opinion. Oh, I hate you, <laughs> man. Pete, now that's Marty. That's Marty. No, that that that's Marty McFly. Marty, Marty oh, I was gonna say Marty Short. Oh. Well, it's, it's yeah, you guys Marty Martin, but to me, he's Marty. Yeah, Short. That is Alex was right. It is Martin Short. No, oh, it's Martin Short. I didn't realize that Martin Short had these <laughs> feelings. This is the longest we have taken before getting into this thing. Pete, introduce what month it is, what we're doing, what our theme is this month. Yeah, um, and by this month you mean today, since June's over. Um, but with it, we've been, you know, torn around yet. Our, yeah, our rip from the headlines uh, stuff. And with it being June and being Pride Month, we decided to uh, take a look at um, positive queer cinema. Because um, as, as, for the most part, uh, many, many, many different things over the last hundred plus years of cinema have been, um, some would say, unkind to, to uh, different viewpoints, as we saw last week as well. Um, Especially with the, you know, the, the old uh, uh, dead queer lovers trope. Yep. Kill your gays. Yeah. 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 Gotta kill your gays. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there's, there's a way to say that and made it sound more like I was in on your joke. But God, that, please do not anyone record that in isolation. Um, nope. That's, that's a already, already dropped it. That's the name <laughs> of the episode now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so we decided we all watched the 2014 film Pride. Yes. 2014? 2016? 2014. 2014. 2014. Okay. I think that deserves a rust down. Yeah, absolutely. Pride. Um, directed by Matthew Warkus. UK gay activists work to help minors during their lengthy strike of the National Union of Mine Workers in the summer of 1980. And four. Nice short, um, short description. Yeah, I don't think this got released in the U.S. I don't think so either. I don't remember it being because out. this is now in the time where we're seeing every movie. most things or a lot of movies, <laughs> and it got a Globe nomination, and I know nothing of it. Nope, I had never heard of it yeah. until we actually started so, talking about it for this week's podcast. Right. So for it to just completely miss me, it just must have not come out here at all. And I mean, I've, I've become a more worldly film viewer <laughs> in the subsequent six years. But uh, had I seen this in 2014, I would have really liked it. I would have really liked it too. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, I 
I think one of the things that I enjoy about this movie is that it, I mean, I think as far as 2014 is concerned, the type of movie that it is, is ahead of the curve with regard to a very popular word of the late uh, 20-teens. It's a very intersectionally forward film. Like, a lot of the politics of this film, uh, you've you've got the quote-unquote LGBT agenda, as well as the feminist, as well as just straight-up politics. I think it does a good job of highlighting the fact that when you break down most movements, they all kind of want the same things, yeah. so they shouldn't be siloed off. And I think it did a like a really excellent job of showing how sometimes you just have to kind of get over uh, some of your programming to just accomplish the task at hand for a greater good. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I didn't know anything about this, and when it starts off with Pete Seeger's Solidarity Forever, I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that there's a scene early on, well, one of the f- opening scenes when our kind of main character, I, I would say, if this movie has a main character, it's Mark. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. In which he, he very quickly, in about three lines, kind of delivers the, pre- like the, the premise of the movie, which is just, um, he, he sees that all these miners are on a picket line being beat up by cops, and, and, you know, being treated horribly in the press for wanting more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just very quickly just says, this looks exactly like us. Right. Yes. The uh, gay yeah, community yeah. in uh, in around London. It was just like, this looks like us. This is what we go through. We absolutely should support because, you know, and then, but they don't, but the nice thing is they don't constantly hammer that idea over your head for the rest of the movie. No. I was very happy um, uh, that at no point does, like, one of the people of the very small Welsh town um, say, like, why are you here? We don't want you here. And he doesn't – and no one does that speech over again. Yeah, Yeah, they they handle that in – I think in such a – they waste no time uh, getting to the point of things. And and – and I feel like that's why this is like a refreshing movie because this is like a, 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 a I'd say legitimately good, if not great, movie that isn't like hammering you over the head with its point. And because it's not doing that, it's infinitely more effective. It's like you get it so much faster. This is like a an, an everyman type of movie. It's like you can put anybody in front of this movie, and if they don't get it. Like, if they, they give it to you pretty straight, they're like, oh, yeah, well, that, that fight's the same. If they're not beating up us, it's because they're beating up somebody else. So we should not want anyone beat up. Yeah. Simple. Simple. That is easy math. I think anyone can get behind that. And I think oddly, oddly really well-timed for uh, the moment we're also in. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, I, like, on that, they do a lot of things quietly and once and don't hammer on the, all, a bunch of stuff like – when they reveal that the most like pig-headed uh, woman in town is actually Bill Nye's sister-in-law, yeah, it's it's said in one quick scene, and it's not and it's not like the point. She's not swayed by Bill Nye because they don't like exploit that connection. It is just this little toss-off thing to say like, hey, this these two people who had such different views 
are, are they're related. related. Yeah, he just yes. like walks over to the house and you know says like it's whatever, just like gets that family relationship out there, and then yeah. Dean ends, and that's all. Uh, and the same thing with the there's that lovely, lovely, lovely scene when Bill Nye comes out to his uh his is that his wife or just his a friend? Uh, I don't I, remember. I can't remember, but thought, he, yeah, yeah, I thought wife, but I'm not 100. Yeah. percent So he comes out. But what's nice about this movie is there's not some scene of him being, like, openly flamboyantly gay at any point that, like, all other movies do when someone comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, I'm gay, and then they immediately do something very stereotypically, like, theatrically gay. Right. Yeah. Um, I also really liked, uh, the, like, uh, George McKay from 1917. His role, he was uh, Joe, the, like, kind of closeted... Uh, L LGSM member who was kind of like sneaking off with his parents, not really knowing what was going on. I mean, you could tell without them saying a whole lot about that relationship ahead of time. You pretty much knew everything you needed to know about his yep. family. Oh yeah. Uh, without them really even get, I mean, they, they get into it later, but you, you know, by the, by virtue of the fact that he is being the way that he is, his parents don't accept, gays at all yep. like you don't and they don't have to they don't have to like have those stereotypical like uh hateful but like, it's so odd that a movie that is dealing at a time where many gays were not accepted and nationally still manages to like tell a very effective story without nearly as much of the hate that this could engender if that makes sense yeah. yes yeah it's not, it's, there's no, like, struggle porn of it or anything. Right, right, right. And I think I appreciated that. Like, we've seen, like, like most LGBT, just like we said a week ago, most, a lot of movies about the black experience are, are generally, like, what it's like to be shit on. And I think that as effective as some of those movies are, it's also, like, psychologically damaging. So this is, like, a good movie to watch to just see, hey, these people who are a little bit different, they're not struggling, they're just, they have a goal, and they're accomplishing it. Yeah. But, but I, I think also in contrast to, to Glory Road last week, I mean, I think that this movie that you're you're focusing yes. much of your attention on, like the members of the LGSM, like the, the, the queer, like central of that, and you're, you're also seeing, you're introduced to the townsfolk through them sometimes too. And it's like, I think having those characters just like more central and just humanized and actually like developed as people with personality quirks, I think goes so much more of a long way of like making the film more effective than again, something like a glory right. road. That right. was like this didn't need to be about the union guys blurring next set of gay people. Like, I don't really care about that movie. I care about this movie. I just think it's re- really, really effective, and it's a full two hours. It doesn't feel like it. Really. No, it flies by. Yeah, it moves like it, every ten minutes or so. You're in a new like a. a I, I just think the themes move at a decent clip. It doesn't really hang anywhere for too long. But yeah, really, really impressive. I, I it's I find it so odd. I've never even I never even heard of it. Until it, until we mentioned it last week, so and it's not like there's nobody in it. There's like significant actors in this film. Yeah, 
Dominic Cooper, I guess. Okay, maybe in retrospect. Andrew Scott. I mean, you got the hot priest from Fleabag. Uh, yeah. I guess it's a lot of retroactive people. You got uh, the dude from 1917, Bill Nye, Patty Considine. The brother uh, from yeah. Lockout? Lockout. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I cracked up when I saw him for the first time. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Russell I Toby. know why you chose this. <laughs> and uh, Russell Toby, and from like uh, Looking and some other really good uh, British shows, years and years. Uh, just great cast. Yeah, I don't know how this did not translate over here. Uh, it's great, great soundtrack as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how. Yeah, I, I just don't know how this didn't really. Uh, I guess it got a limited release in New York, L.A., and San Francisco. So that man was probably at like the landmark Sunshine, yeah, or landmark Fifty Seventh, and that's probably it. Yeah, great movie though. Really enjoyed it. Um, I think again, mo- movies need to. When you're dealing with subject matter of the quote unquote others, focus on the others, right. and your movie is infinitely more effective. Like and I think this. Well, there's a bad version of this movie where Patty Cons- yes. uh, Considine is the main He's character sleep. and main focus. Yes. 100 <laughs> yeah. and, and that's and that's most, Road. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's Lawyer Road. That's like most movies. I'm, I'm, I, it's so odd that this just in such a and it's not like, try, again, it's not trying to make a point. I mean, it is making a point, but yeah. it's making a point without trying to make a point, which I think is a more effective point. But, but Russ, you, you hit the nail on the head when you, you said, that like, inter- intersectionality is something that, like, is not commonplace in a lot of movies. Like, that, no. that's not something that, like, movies can handle a lot of times, is, like, talking about institutional no. struggles and how they relate to each other. And especially, no. Like this kind of like union stuff, like you don't you don't see that in like a lot of these kind of movies. No, um, and and that's and I think mo- most movies get made with the idea that we can only be about this one thing, yeah, and this one thing. But that's not really how the world works, and that's kind of what we're seeing. I mean, that's what we're experiencing and we're living through right now. It's like none of these issues exist in a vacuum they're all kind of they're all interrelated and this movie didn't even say like i'm a capital i intersectional movie it just did it <laughs> and it's like we we talk so much about how oh well, no you can't make this oh, they just did it like they didn't waste any time i don't think this movie would get made in the u.s because i think it would have only been about the gays or only the union or only the women uh but not how they interrelate and intersect, and I, I it it just showed that hey, it's not really that complicated. You just have to do it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and, and as we said, it's the the subtlety of all those things works in its favor constantly. And yeah. even uh, all the older straight townspeople, they're never treated as jokes, even though they are very funny. They're just very sweet people all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I highly recommend. Uh, it. I believe it's on Amazon Prime, correct? It is. Yes. Correct. It's on Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Really I, good. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. They would have made my top ten. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember that uh, that year, and I, I I've seen it before, but I don't remember when I saw it. I don't know if it was that year or not, but I, it was probably the year after. I would guess if that was the release it got. 
I pro- actually I probably saw it after it got nominated for the Globe. Yeah, it got a it got a very limited release. It looks like yeah, uh, in New York, L.A., and San Francisco. Those are pretty, pretty gay towns. We're in one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I would have. I would have. I would have loved it. Uh, really good. I think uh, people watch. Look at the template of how this movie was made, and yeah. uh, make your movies like this. Yeah. Not all of them, but make if you're curious about how to tell a story. This did it in an effective way. Yeah, it's a good way to tell a digestible historical moment. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah, I think the, I think ensemble making it an ensemble film also works, and it's work a, it's really a, it's well. Benefit. I think if, even if you focus this movie, it's like, yeah, Mark is probably the central character, but you could argue Joe is. You could argue, well, probably just Joe because he's he's like us watching the movie. But I think by spreading the story out, it kind of gives everybody an opportunity to shine. Yeah, uh, and it gives everybody an interesting role. Way, way better than just a starring movie. This would have been. Like a, I don't know, some straight guy like pretending to be not pretending to be gay, but acting gay to get an Oscar if it came out in the U.S. and it'd be a supporting role because the lead would have been like I don't know Woody Harrelson as like the union guy. <laughs> so that's how this movie gets made in the U.S. Anyway, this one's great. Everyone should watch it if they haven't already. There we go. All right. Yeah. Do we want to move on to some recommendations? Yes. Yeah, Russ. I want you to go first. I don't know why. All right. Uh, I have two, so I apologize if I have anybody else's. Um, I, I just think it depends on what type of movie you're, you're trying to watch. I think if you're trying to watch a movie that you can, that's okay for kids, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't really pander all that much, Love, Simon, not a bad movie if you're a kid. I've never seen that. I think... I think as an adult, you might be able to pick apart some issues with it, but I think, and I know it was it was, a, it was PG-13, but honestly, there's nothing objectionable in this movie at all, um, and I think that when Disney Plus moved their sequel show from Disney Plus to Hulu, that was like borderline offensive. No, offensive. But <laughs> I think this is a show that, this is a, it's a movie that I would watch with like a six or seven year old kid. They may not get everything, but I think we don't understand that uh, as far as LGBTQIA and all that stuff is concerned with kids, um, they're they're exposed to this stuff at a much earlier age than we were. Yeah. And to make them a, to make the the misjudgment that uh, you got to wait till you're a teenager to talk about this stuff, I think it's too freaking late. Um, I think showing and not just a kid that you think might be gay. <laughs> Just, this is a movie that kids should watch because there aren't many depictions of, of sexuality, alternative sexuality for kids. I think they need to see this stuff so that maybe they don't wonder why they're different for years before it's okay so that when they go off to college, they can be the person that they want to be. Not F all that. But I think this is a good movie for kids. But if you want to watch a legitimate, straight-up good movie uh, that uh, is... I think not pandering at all. I would recommend Tangerine. God, that was mine. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's no, so, man. so goddamn good. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's shot on an iPhone and it doesn't look like it because it's just. Still, even, even watching it now in 2020, 
saying it's shot on an iPhone is so confusing yep. looking. Yes. It, it's just, uh, it's one of the most like kinetic, alive, interesting, just fucking balls to the wall, fun, like fun and exciting movies that has come out in a long, long time. I think Sean Baker, I mean, he did, he did this on the Florida Project. Uh, right now he's batting a thousand with those two movies. I think that this was just a fabulous, uh, depiction of alternative quote unquote lifestyles, uh, following a transgender sex worker, uh, as she's just like kind of looking to, I guess, confront slash get revenge on her, uh, boyfriend who cheated on her with like a cis, uh, woman. Yep. I believe that's like that's like the boilerplate of that the is. plot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a it, that's like not even what it's about to me. It's just watching these characters go on a journey. It's one of those like one night, one day sort of movies that just effing rules. I think Tangerine was not only one of the better movies of the year that it came out, but definitely as I look back on uh, the twenty like the teens or the 2010s, whatever we're calling those, um, it's definitely one of the better movies. If I did my top 10 of the decade, it would probably be in that. Yeah, I I feel... I wish that I had seen this when it first came out. It took me, I don't even know, like last year that I finally... But this definitely would have been in my top 10. Um, Just like harsh look, harsh reality, but like done with so much care and just so well done overall like this yeah i i was gonna highly work i didn't realize this guy had done the florida project because i was going to compare this movie to the florida project and it makes so <laughs> much sense. oh yeah that's that's his style yeah uh making you really just connect with characters who you probably have very little in common with right really good at it yeah extremely good at it um alex you have yeah. a recommendation yeah, I'm going to dig back a little bit into my mind archives, um, and I'm going to find something a little bit more wacky and fun. Uh, something I saw for the first time in high school, uh, It's but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, oh. I keep seeing that on, um, it's on Criterion channel right yeah. now. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. It's, it's. Oh such a you know what this is a good one for if you want to show like that te- like again like i probably saw this for the first time when i was 15 or 16 um and that's such a great age to show uh, a kid this because it's about uh natasha leone is sent to like uh, a gay conversion camp um and ends up and it's like so wacky and out there and like i got like rupaul is the the counselor at it and everything like that like everything is super exaggerated and crazy, but like you kind of watch her uh, discover herself and her own sexuality in, in this, uh, in this camp as she falls in love with Clea Duvall. And um, it's just a, it's a funny movie. It's like, while also dealing with these kind of serious things in a way that I think is pretty accessible to teens. Um, So it's, uh, it kind of like almost like a John Watersy type feel of that time. I have no idea how I've never seen this movie because I'm looking at the poster and I was like, "Oh, this kind of looks like a John Watersy type." It of looks, movie. it looks like <laughs> such a John Waters poster, yeah. And yeah. I am big Waters guy. Yeah, it's totally like it. It has that type of irreverence to it, 
oh, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, totally recommend it. Like, um, it was one of my kind of favorite movies in like the like kind of queer cinema genre to like watch and show people and show family members even and stuff like that. Like, it's it's a really good flick. It's, it's weird that like we need to have these types of movies to show family just to make just to hope just to open broaden like their horizons a little bit. Uh, I feel like if this could do that, I feel like this could probably be something my mom would watch. Not to say that she isn't, you know, I'm not mom. Never mind. Never mind. I'm so <laughs> yeah, and it's it's also it's just nice having again like a movie that's funny and nice and heartwarming with it while not being pandered. Like it's. It's a, it's a really cool. I'm gonna watch it. Nice, uh, Pete. What you got for us? Um, one quick little suggestion because uh, season two came out. Uh, but Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts is a show on Netflix, an animated show that is incredible. Um, and one of it has a uh, gay character um, who, in the second season, is also giving him a uh, love interest, which I'm very excited to continue to watch. And it's it's very well done from that. Uh, that respect. Uh, but the movie suggestion, which is a little bit uh, more, slight, not exactly difficult, but a bit of a watch, uh, is the movie Tomboy. Uh, we talked about this last time. Yeah. It's uh, written and directed by Celine Sciamma, who did uh, the incredible Portrait of a Lady on Fire as well, which Ooh. if you seen, please see it. Yeah. Stan. Uh, but it is on Criterion, which I believe you can currently get a two week free trial of. Um, uh, along and so you can watch that and well you can actually watch most of her movies around Criterion um, that and but I'm a cheerleader uh, it is a French film there is one scene that is a little bit weird for American audiences I will just say as a slight warning um, but it is a film about a, a family that moves to a new kind of town um, and the I would say about eight to ten year old girl um, had recently got a very short haircut um, and decides to present as male while she's meeting the other 8 to 10 year olds in that town um, and kind of starts she really, well they really start identify, almost kind of in, without, like it's never really talked about it's just a very young person find, trying to figure out like who they are um, and it has one of the uh, and their little sister is one of the other main characters, and it has quite possibly the, the most enduring uh, sibling, young, very very young sibling relationship I've ever seen on screen, and it's adorable and great. I highly highly recommend it. Check that out. Yeah, Diggs. Yeah, I was gonna say Tangerine, um, and so I've been struggling Sorry. to figure out another one to say, and so I'm going to choose this one, which I haven't seen since it came out in theaters. I don't know how well this holds up but I'm going to uh, recommend Wild Tigers I Have Known, um, which came out in 2006. Uh, it's about uh, a 13-year-old boy who's uh, learning to uh, just understand his sexuality and kind of uh, the coming-of-age uh, film that. So it's weird, and it's, like, it's very artsy in the way that like mid-2000s movies were all kind of uh, trying to be kids in some way in the independent scene yeah um yeah. and it, it has a very much that feeling to it i would recommend checking out the trailer because that's what sold me on it i think it only played at ifc for a little while and i then i ran down there to go and check it out uh, i remember just 
vivid imagery from the film that will just stick with you for years later. Um, I, I highly recommend. Highly recommend. Wild Tigers, I have now. Um, and I believe Peter has a game. Yeah. Uh, quick, dumb little game. Uh, I just wanted to go through this. As we were talking about, like, especially positive representation for the film, um, I, was just, I just went through the best actor and best actress nomination from the 2000s. Um, and in my mind counted, uh, oh, sorry, one second. Like, uh, like 17 or 18 best actor or actress nominees of straight actors and actresses playing queer characters. Okay. I would love to do a quick, can you remember the movie? Uh, I will give Hell you, yeah. I will give you the year and the actor and act or actress who was nominated for best, uh, and first person. Feel free to just shout it out. Um, I'll start with the easy ones. Um, uh, in 2005, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Capote? No. Capote. Capote. Capote, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do, 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 2008, Sean Penn. Milk. Yerp. Uh, we'll go, let's go slightly harder. Uh, 2010, Annette Benning. Uh, 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 Is that uh, kids are all right? No. Kids are all, kids right. all right. Kids are all right. Um, 2006, Judy Dench. Ooh. Oh. 2006, Judy Dench. Great year. No. Uh, no. Uh, um, for Judy Dench, I mean. I have this uh, movie, uh, I, I'll double this up. This movie also stars another, uh, a 2015 nominee, Kate Blanchett. Doubt? No. The Reader? <laughs> no, The Reader was not. Was, oh, wait. That was... <laughs> All right, that? Um, uh, oh, I know, I know this movie because I didn't care for it. So what's the 2015 Kate Blanchett one? Oh, that's Carol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, 2006, I think they were both actually nominated for lead and supporting for this movie. Anyone remember? Oh, this is pissing me off. All right, can you just tell me? Yeah, just I'm tell, getting... I'm going to get annoyed and yeah. just look it up. Uh, I'm going to read the synopsis so you guys can remember it. Um, a veteran high school teacher befriends a young art teacher who's having an affair with one of her 15-year-old students. However, oh, is that... No, it's not... No, it's not a scandal. No, it's it, is. it is. It is. Scandal. Really? Oh, my wow. gosh. Um, d- 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 uh, 2018, Melissa McCarthy. Oh, um, oh, can you ever uh, forgive me? Can you ever forgive me? Can you ever forgive me? Yeah. Uh, 2019, easy Antonio Banderas. Pride and Glory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a bunch of, the, the most difficult one, the one I forget, and I think the most, like, canc- cancelable film on this list, does anybody remember the 2005 Felicity Huffman film? Transamerica? Transamerica. Wow. Oh, boy. What did she play? She played a trans man or a trans woman? I don't remember, but I never saw it. Uh, She plays a preoperative transgender woman. Didn't she win? Uh, No, No, she won. She won. She might have won like a globe or something, but she was she was all over the place that that award season. She won won the globe. Right, right, right. Yeah, but again, I think it's I I don't. It's so wild how. You, you can't even really chart progress with regard to queer representation in film because we just realized that that shit's, like, not cool, what, six months ago? <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's, it's, so, it's almost like, okay, new, what happens from here on out? I'm not saying you can't play gay uh, if you're not, but the, the, 
there's levels to this shit. Like those those roles need to be actively similar to what happened with uh, the with the cartoons uh, this week. Uh, yeah, with, with Kristen Bell and um... yeah, it's like in a vacuum. Is it the worst thing in the world that Kristen Bell is playing a mixed race character on a show, or what's her face on Big Mouth is? Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, but when you consider how many parts exist right. and how yeah. many roles go to people who look like those people and are those people, then it is a problem. Yeah. Once there's significantly more equity with regard to roles and who's doing what, who's being, who's who's at, who's out, and who's trans and in films, then okay, then I don't give a shit who's playing who, but. Right now, it's like we kind of have to get to equity before we can say, oh, it's cool that you can go slum it and play gay and get an Oscar just for being gay. Yeah. yeah. If person was that role, no one would think, oh, wow, that wasn't a big deal. You just were yourself. And also, your sexuality isn't who you are. But whatever. <laughs> cool. All right. There's a couple. There's a bunch of obvious ones left, of course. But as I said, that's only from the 2000s. So the last 20 years, there's been a lot. Um I'm sure if I went back before that, there'd be a great few where I probably have. I can't remember off the top of my head anyone but Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel playing gay in the 2000s was similar to like what they mentioned in Tropic Thunder. Like having some kind of quote unquote disability was like the big thing. And then I Am Sam came out and everyone was like, all right, that's a little too much. Yeah. Let's be gay now. And that's enough. We don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll just be gay and that'll get an Oscar. And that's terrible. But we didn't know it then, and now we do. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. That's it, right? That should be the tagline for our podcast. We didn't know it now, but now we, we didn't know it then, but now we do. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. You can find us on the web, moviepodcast.com. You can find Russ everywhere as Russ Incredible. You can find Peter on Letterbox as Funky Pete Peter, you can find me on Strava, Johnny Tiggs. You can find Alex. Okay, so I just wait. We need I, to reiterate. We gave out the first digit of your phone number last week. It was a one. That's yep. the country code. So now, <laughs> Alex, go ahead. Okay, so I was trying to sign up for a. A, a social account. I got an email from a nice person with a very long email address um, saying I could I could click here to reset my password. Uh oh. Um, and I did that, and um, since then my bank accounts have been emptied. <laughs> um, my, you know, I've been put on a most wanted list, but uh, you know, I'm waiting for that that reset password email. So I, I will be on there shortly. All right. Um, this is all good. I'm taking care of it. Um, I got a team on this. All right. Well, so, you know what? I, I guess that putting that effort means that we don't need to give away the next digit. Yet. Well, that's a five, though, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a lot to go. Well, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you guys next time on the Movie Movie Podcast. 